up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. My name is Andrew Bolton. With us today, as always, I don't know why I keep saying it, is Pastor Robbie Gowdy and Been here Andy. since the beginning, actually. So. Been here, you've been here every episode. It's crazy. I'm still I here. I guess you're just here. I'm for, still here. here yeah, to stay. I guess I'm going to stay. Yeah. Here to stay. Okay, Pastor, yeah. today we're getting into the birth of Jesus. Golly. Oh, yeah. It took us a long time. It took us. Three seasons. Three, yeah. And whatever episode we're on right now. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of episodes. We've been promising it. Yes. We are finally, and, and now we're cooking with grease, my friend. Yeah, we're, we we're are. Into Let's it. go. Okay. Let's so we're going to go into Matthew chapter one, if you're following along. And uh, we're going to look at the birth of Jesus or the announcement, not necessarily the birth, but the announcement of the birth of Jesus to his earthly father, Joseph. Okay. In, in verse 18. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Okay. And remember, Matthew is writing from a perspective different than Luke. So Matthew just walked through the genealogy of Joseph to prove that Joseph has nothing to do with Jesus. It was all through Mary. He's the, you know, the earthly father, but he doesn't have anything to do with him genealogically right. or uh, physically. And it's fr so then Matthew picks up from the perspective of Joseph. So what we're going to see here is Joseph's perspective of how the birth announcement comes about. Luke, in a different fashion, and we'll jump back and forth, Luke is going to show us from the perspective of Mary. Okay. Before we get into all that, you'll see where we go here. But let's look at Joseph's perspective, verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's stop there. You knew it wasn't going to be long. Mm. But that's okay, because we don't want to miss anything. Okay, the, the word engaged is an interesting concept in the Jewish culture, okay? Mm -hmm. To be engaged to someone meant what? You're promised to them? Yeah, promised, but not but like an arranged marriage, maybe. But like, I mean, it's basically it's like, like you were married yeah, like before it's the consummating same, the marriage. Right? Yes, that's what I was trying to say. That's exactly what you're trying to say. No, that's, that's it. <laughs> Candy, I was going to leave out the Candy jump right on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Sorry, it, did I interrupt you? No, it's okay. I'm no, used to it's, it. no, it's the same way at home too. Golly, I'm no sorry, respect. Andrew. No respect. No, but the thing is, you're right. So it was more than a promise. To be engaged or betrothed is the right. word. Is to actually in a sense, be married, there was no breaking. I mean, if you were in, to be- To, to get to, to that point. To get yeah. unbetrothed, mm -hmm. you had to go through a divorce process. Wow. Did you know this? Oh yeah, even before the wedding. You had to go get letters and yeah, you had to, before the wedding. So to be betrothed or engaged was like being married. The only thing that you waited for at the marriage was the consummation of the marriage. Right. Okay, so it was serious. So Joseph has this young girl named Mary. Now we don't know how old Joseph is, mm -hmm. But Joseph is probably in his late twenties, possibly. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. probably late twenties, which was not uncommon. Yeah, Mary, um, it was not. It was uncommon, but it wasn't unlikely. Okay? okay, but Joseph, we believe, is older, and the reason we believe he's older is why? Because mm, he has a job. Because he has a job, but more than that. Well, because he. Um, I don't know. That was my he, answer. It's believed that he died early. He died early. We have no record of Joseph after a certain point present in the life of Jesus in when okay. he when he enters ministry. That's so sad. Yeah. So we well, he had a dangerous job too. By the way, stonemason. He was a stonemason at the rock quarry um, of Zippori or Sepphoris or Sepphoris, which was not far from Nazareth, which was the biggest rock quarry during yeah. the day, uh, during that day. So. I mean, who knows? I don't know. We could speculate, I mean, but we believe he died. None of the old documents have anything about this. 
This would be very interesting to me. Yeah, well, so is Jesus' childhood, but that we don't have any documents about that either. But I mean, we have documents about everything. Well, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like there's the, there's the Mishnah and there's the, you know, yeah. all the fancy names. No, uh, <laughs> Talmud and the, yeah, yeah. the Dead Sea Scrolls. Is there not and, anything on? No, and, and okay, so my speculation is on that. Why do we not have information about the childhood of Jesus? I've wondered that for a while. Why do we not have, have information about Joseph being absent in Jesus's life as an adult? I think God purposely, sovereignly, uh, does not give us the answer to that to show us, in a sense, we're focusing on the wrong things. Right. It's not important to the ultimate end of the story. And you think about that's our perspective. Yeah. I don't want any loose ends. I want everything tied up. I want to know every single detail. Yeah. That was not the Eastern mindset. Yeah. Like they weren't. That doesn't. That didn't matter to them. Again, it, yeah, and it plays into what I said last week. But he was such a good guy. Yeah. Jesus, yeah, Jesus is great. No, yeah, he's not a bad guy. Joseph. Uh, Joseph. Joseph, yeah, he definitely was. We're going to see it. No, we're going to see in the text. He, <laughs> no, de- he was a good guy. No, for yes, real. he was a yeah. great guy. To stay with Mary, that was uncommon. Because you got to understand, Joseph's reputation's on the line. They're well, going to live with a black cloud. Yeah. Okay, but hold on. Let me just make one more point before you. I know you're excited because we're into the gospel. She's excited. Okay. Engagement to be, in a sense, married. Okay. One more point I want to make is, um, okay, no, the, the, the next point's in 19. So you're right. Go. Oh, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it says, okay. So her husband, Joseph. Being her husband. That's interesting. So it's Ooh, already yeah. labeling him husband sure. before. You see that? Being a righteous man. And not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. Okay, so you see the strong language here. It's not just, hey, bring, give me the ring back. Right. Which is what happens today. It's, 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 it's like a marriage. Now, let me, make, let me make one point here before we continue. It says Joseph was a... Righteous man. Righteous man. All right. What does that mean? What does it mean to be called a righteous man? Um, I think from my perspective... If this was just a worldly situation, he would have had every right to do what he was contemplating doing. Yeah, that, that's a good. That is a really good answer. Yeah, actually, what does it mean in the surprisingly. cult? Surprisingly, yeah, I was surprised. I was actually surprised by that, but that was good. No, what does it mean? What does it mean to be righteous? Like in that day, to call a person righteous? righteous. Well, they lived a righteous life, not to be confused uh, with the righteous brothers. The I would righteous say, brothers. You ever heard of them? No. What are you talking about? Angie, you ever heard of the Righteous Brothers? Oh, yeah. Angie has. But you're, you're 10 years older than me, so is it like a, is that a generational thing? The Righteous thing? Brothers, that's a classic That's from back when we were yeah, little. A classic, classic singing group. Yeah, when y'all singing were little, group. I wasn't no, alive. It wasn't, no, yeah. it wasn't when we were little. <laughs> it was before we were little. I probably can't. <laughs> this is my it dad was, and mom's age. No, no, right? when I'm saying when I say we were little, I would listen to the oldies yeah, with my daddy. She listened, but you can still listen to them now if you want. No, I do sometimes. Okay, moving okay. on. Okay. The what right, does, it, what mean does it mean to be righteous? I should have never okay. said that. What does it mean to, <laughs> to be, be righteous? To be righteous means you live upright with integrity. Okay, that's Blameless. Part. Okay, now you're as going As much to, as possible. You're pulling on a thread that we're going to actually answer because blameless doesn't mean what you think it means. It doesn't mean perfect. Right. Ding, okay, ding. turn with me to Luke chapter one quickly. I'm going to show you the word blameless and I'm going to show you what that means differently than what we expect it to mean in English. Luke one. Luke chapter one, we t- we're talking about this couple that's going to birth John the Baptist who predates Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I want to show you the same kind of idea here. Look at Luke verse chapter six. one, verse five. Start in verse oh, five, watch this. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. 
Both were righteous in God's sight. There you go. So here's another couple, another person in the Bible, Elizabeth and Zechariah, who were righteous, and it tells us how they were righteous. Mm. Living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. Okay, let me, let me camp out here. Here's what, here's what it means. To live righteous does not mean to live perfect. Right. Right. Okay, no pun intended there. But to live righteous means... What do you mean? I just smiled and acted like I knew what he was yeah. saying. You said to live righteous is to live, uh, not live perfect. Yeah, and pastor. you said right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, anyway, <laughs> we're on a roll today. Smoker's call. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> this guy here. Okay, so to live righteous means to live to live in a way where when you sin, which we all sin. By okay. the way, yeah. Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, was a sinner. Right. Zechariah was a sinner. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth was a sinner. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a sinner. How do I know that? Because she's human. Right. Well, and there's no one righteous, no, not one. Yes, there, there is that, except Christ. Okay, Christ lived Perfect. blameless without sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the Righteousness of God. So the only way to become righteous is to have Christ's righteousness given or imputed to us, okay, transferred to our life. Without that, we can't live righteous. So why does the Bible say these are righteous people? Here's what the Bible's saying. The Bible's saying- Or blameless. Does it matter? Are those words interchangeable? Similar, similar. Blameless, righteous. Here's what what they knew. They knew that when they messed up, which Mm -hmm. they did, they not only knew the commands of God, they confessed sin before God, and they made the proper sacrifices at the temple to the Lord. So they went through the process. They they were, um, you could say in the church today, they were committed. They showed up every week. They volunteered, they were engaged. When they sinned, they repented, and they got right with God. So they knew the proper steps. Now, why is that important? Because everybody wasn't doing that. Right. right. You got to remember, we're living in a chaotic world now right. that has just come through 400 years of silence, uh, Roman authority, wow. uh, the Greek god uh, or the Greek leader Alexander just conquered them. Now we have the Roman uh, uh, control we have Julius, I mean, you have Caesar and Pontius Pilate. So you have a lot of corruption. You have King Herod on a rampage. A lot of corruption. A lot of people aren't living right, but these folks are. They are shining stars in a right. dark landscape, okay, in a sense. So we go back and we see right away, Joseph's not perfect, but he's a man who's seeking God. Mm-hmm. He's a man who wants more of God. He's a man who's putting himself in position for the favor of God. Here's how you think of it practically. You and I cannot earn the favor of God. We can't earn the favor of God. We can't earn the grace of God. The moment you earn grace, ceases to be grace. it ceases to be grace. The very nature of the word grace means I give you something you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. It would be like me walking on the street today with a $100 bill, randomly stopping a guy I've never met and saying, hey man, listen, I want to give you this, this, yeah. do- this $100 bill. He would look at me and say, is that real? Who, who are you? And I would say, let me ask you a question before I give it to you. Did you do anything to earn this money? Yeah. And he'd say, well, it was my stunning good looks. I said, no, it wasn't. It's my amazing intellect. No, it's not. Uh, it's, my, um, it's my attire. No, it, I would say it's none of that. The only reason you're receiving this is based on my selection or my choice in you, which had nothing separate apart from anything you've done. That's grace. When God blesses us, that's mm-hmm. why grace is so amazing. Yeah. Because we didn't deserve it. We don't earn it. Okay. So the difference in mercy and grace is mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Yes. And grace is getting what you don't deserve. 
correct? Yes, that's a great way to put it, yeah. So mercy is when your son um, or daughter acts out of line and you've already set the rules. Mm -hmm. If you punch your brother in the face, you're going to go in time. I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm going to punch you in the face, whatever. I don't know how the bolt holds. Yeah, you're going to get punched, punched, punched. You're going to get punched. Just kidding, I don't punch my kids. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to get punished for that. But, the, the you know, case and punches blaze, and then all of a sudden you sit him down and you say, son, you know that the penalty for your sin is punishment. Mm -hmm. It's being in your room for a day. Daddy's going to show mercy by allowing you to go free. That's mercy, okay? Grace is the opposite extreme, okay? So basically what we have is they didn't earn grace. They knew how to live in such a way, watch this, that align themselves with God where they could be recipients of right. God's grace. Yeah. So here, here's what you think of it. You can't earn it, but you can live in such a way where you can receive the grace of God by confessing sin, repenting, and living an upright life for God. Okay, so that's who Joseph is. Right. You got a question you were going to ask? No, no, no. I'm just sitting here reading my commentary. It says the word blameless in this context does not mean that they were without sin or perfect. Instead, indicates that they were faithful and obedient to the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Yeah. So, yes. So they yeah. repented and they sought to live in obedience to God. And, and that's a whole other discussion we can go down the train of today. And that's the misunderstanding that the Jewish people, by law, earned God's grace. Yeah. And the and the Western Christian church or the the, the church the Christian church after Jesus believed by faith to receive salvation. So the Old Testament Jews, they had this old dirty law they had to follow and they could never live up to it and they earned salvation. And thank God for Jesus. He came on the scene. He flipped the script. He he wrote a line in the sand. And thank God we don't work to receive our salvation. We have faith in Christ and we receive our salvation, right? Have you heard that message before? Oh, yeah. Okay. That is completely inaccurate. Correct. He didn't come to abolish that. He came to fill full. Ooh, I think we heard that recently. If you missed that, you can go back and listen to it. But well, that, and when he called Abraham, there was no law. So did they have faith in the coming That's Messiah? That's good. The law was <laughs> the law was on the heart, and it was just, what? So did they have faith? Was, was their saving faith in the coming Messiah? Yes. Like they had faith in the Messiah that... Yeah, if you're listening and you believe what I just said, the Old Testament Jews were saved by law. The right. New Testament Christians after Jesus were saved by faith. Let me correct your misunderstanding. And listen, if you believe this, you're in good... You're in, you're in the large population of Western American Christians who have bought, bought into that heretical belief. I'll call it what it is. The Bible, okay, first of all, let's just look at it from a 30,000 perspective. Okay. Would you ever want to follow a God, especially if you're the chosen nation, especially if you're the apple of his eye, which he says, mm-hmm. Israel? Would you his ever firstborn. want his firstborn, the son I called, I called out oh, of Egypt? Yeah. Right. Okay. Would you ever want to follow a God or better yet, would you ever want to follow a father who says you're my choice son or daughter? And then halfway through his life, he changes his mind on what it means to be affirmed and approved and accepted. No, no way. Like, 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 think about it. Israel, you tried hard with the law. Golly, you did good, but you yeah. didn't make it. I'm going to change the rules for this group of Gentiles who care nothing about me or worshiping pagan gods in their sin when I called them, but I'm going to give them a new set of standards. They could throw the law out completely and just by faith in their mind and heart be saved. That makes no logical sense to any thinking individual. Yeah. Period. 
So it has to, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. So the Old Testament believers experience salvation, if you will, by putting their faith alone by grace from God mm-hmm. in the coming of a Messiah. Right. It says in Hebrews, Moses believed in the coming, uh, the, the, tr- the promised treasures that he never realized. Okay, so he believed, he actually, the Bible says Moses saw Christ, yeah. the Messiah, but never realized it in his lifetime. So what he did is he looked forward to the coming Messiah. So in the Old Testament, the cross is the dividing line. Uh, everybody prior to the cross was, quote, saved, not just physically, but supernaturally, eternally, through putting their faith in the coming Messiah. Abraham's perfect example, Candy said it. It was counted to him, it was reckoned to Abraham as what? Righteous. Romans 4, as righteousness by his what? Faith. So by his faith, he was credited as having righteousness. So we see it in the text, okay? After Jesus comes and dies on the cross, we don't look forward to the coming Messiah and put our faith in him. We look back to the cross and put our faith in a risen Savior who conquered death, hell, and the grave by faith through grace in Christ alone, okay? That's how people get saved. Even today, my boys and I last night were talking when when Candy was uh, at a conference, and I I was talking to them about the difference between Jews. My son Ryder made a comment. He said his teacher said all Three religions can be traced back to the same God, he said in his history class. Mm. Three religions trace back to the same God. Abraham with the Jews can trace back to God. Uh, Christians with Jesus can be traced back to God. And Muslims all have the same God. Mm. The Ju- Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, he said, all has the same gods. I said, well, what do you think about that? He said, that's not right. And I said, no, it's not. Why? What do you say? Well, I'm asking you. What do you think your son said, Candy? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm intrigued. Okay. So Abraham, I mean, the Jews trace back to the same God. Okay. Obviously, yeah. Yahweh God. Yeah. Islam does not trace back to the same God. Okay. Yes, they have parts of the Bible with Abraham and, and they can f- follow it down through the But they're believing in a totally different God named Allah that is a works-based salvation mm-hmm. based on them trying to earn and preserve their salvation with God through Ramadan and fasting and praying multiple times a day and, and, and hoping and praying they can appease this angry God, Allah, yeah. who never... Uh, is is Never happy. happy. Never happy. Christianity is not that. In fact, C.S. Lewis one time walked into a debate about what separates Christianity from every other religion. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, um, Mr. Lewis, what do you say is the difference between Christianity and every other religion of the world? He said that's simply one answer, grace, mm. grace. Every other religion works its way to heaven, mm. Christianity is a story of God coming down to earth to do what we couldn't do for us. That's the difference. Grace is God did for us what we are incapable Mm -hmm. of doing. That's why Jesus is not worth following for a treasure we earn. No, Jesus is the treasure that we we, we put our faith and trust in. Okay, so so the idea here is... um, What was I talking about with the boys? I got sidetracked with the boys, and now... About faith and um... yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, yeah. But before that, I was trying. I was going down a train of thought with grace and faith. Uh, no, 
Um, My brain's not working. I know, I know. We got sidetracked. I knew the writer story was going to get us off was track. Was it something about how Moses, Abraham, how they had a saving faith? Were you? Oh, yeah, the Jews. And, thank you. The Jews and the Christians. Thank you. I knew it was three, but it was. It was, it was I, see, I added the third one, got me sidetracked, by the way. And by the way, if you're following that, you will get sidetracked. But yeah. anyway, okay. <laughs> so the Jewish believers in the Old Testament and the New Testament Christians, all by faith, faith. alone mm-hmm. in Christ alone, it's always the right. same. Good. So the question becomes what was the purpose of the law? And the answer is, I would ask you, what is the purpose of the law today in your life? Now, a lot of people would say there is no purpose for the law. I'm free in the spirit, man. I can do what I want. I, I get the Holy Spirit inside of me. I don't need no law. Well, I think when what you said a second ago, when we realize Jesus is the treasure, not just eternity in heaven is the treasure, the law helps me experience that here and now. So mm-hmm. as I follow the way the guidelines that God has given me to live, I experience more of that fulfillment in Jesus right here, right now, not just in eternity. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, and when we have a law and laws that we abide by every day of our life. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like speed limit laws and things like that. And yeah. no, that's not spiritual law, but it's a law that is put in place for our protection yeah. and right. guardrails, right? Right. Because if we speed, we could hurt ourselves or something yeah. else. Yeah. For me, I think there's freedom actually within the guidelines that God has given us. Like we have we have one dog. We used to have two because one of them dug out of the fence outside of the boundary I had created for it and got hit by a dump truck. What? Okay, yes, really happened. What was so, the name of the dog? Uh, Gus. First dog we ever had. Got, him, got married. I know it was really sad. How old, was, sad Gu- How old was Gus? Uh, he was like 10. God. Yeah, I had him for a while. Anyways, really sad. But it's like what he didn't realize is he had all the freedom. In that yard. He yeah. could do anything he wanted to. And safely do it yeah. within the confounds. Well, of this. Th- yeah, okay. Think Good. about yeah. That is the per- that is the example I was going to use. The, the, the example is we have to change our perspective about what law is, mm-hmm. because no one wait, woke up this morning and said, "Man, I'm so excited to obey the speeding laws of the state of Tennessee." Right. Yeah, I get to drive 25 miles an hour yeah. in a school. I know zone. one person that did. His name's John Steen. He is the slowest driver we have on staff. Really? He, he, he drives in a school zone regardless. 24 on the interstate. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Anyways, John on. may be saying slow down and enjoy life. Who exactly. Knows? Okay. Exactly. Us, we're trying to get to the destination. Right. And he, okay. Maybe so not. nobody gets up and looks at law that way. But that's not how the Jewish people looked at the Torah, yeah. the law. The word Torah, law, is what we call it. But it actually means way or direction direction for life. Mm-hmm. So back to the back to the animals we were talking about earlier. When we had when we were trying to get animals, we had some land. And immediately we had to fence in the property for the land, okay? And we took some of these animals that were raised in a whole lot more acreage than we had, and we basically brought them into this small little I think we fenced in like a 2-acre piece of property, okay? When we brought the animals there, if you were to ask the animals and they could talk, they would say, why are you putting us in this little caged area right here? This makes no sense. You're taking away our freedom. You're taking away our joy. You're taking away our ability to do what we want when we want. Why are you putting this law, this this gate around us? Mm -hmm. And if I could talk to them, I would say, well, what you don't know Mm -hmm. was that for the last few months as we were moving into the home here on the property, every night we would hear coyotes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. while sheep, you're nice and fluffy and, and you look really cute, you have no defense mechanism, by the way. I don't know if you know this. The only defense mechanism a sheep has to defend itself is the stomping of its foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. Yeah. 
This is crazy. Did you know this? When you go after a sheep instead of running, you know what it'll do? If it has a baby next to it? Stomp its foot. It'll snort and stomp its foot on the ground. And I thought it was a joke at first when our boys were out there. We, we thought it was comical, but that's what it do. Just stomp its foot, okay? If you tell the sheep, you that ain't going to work against a pack of coyotes, mm -hmm. okay? Right. So the fence is not only for its protection, yeah. which it is, but it's also freedom. Because when you live in a way where you know the protection of God surrounds you right. when you're obedient to his law, there is great freedom to be the person oh, yeah. you want to be. You don't have to worry if a, if a coyote will jump the fence. You don't yeah. have to worry about losing a leg. You don't have to worry about getting your back all mm. beat. You, you can live in freedom right. within the confines or the boundaries yeah. of the fence. And the same goes for the Christian life. So it's helpful for us to change our perspective. It's all about perspective. We're not obeying the law. And for those who would say, I disagree with that. I don't think we're under the law. Well, what about the 10 commandments? Yeah. See, everybody wants to throw all the laws out. Right. But what about the 10 commandments? I don't believe in it. Well, do you mind somebody breaking in your home? No, I don't want them to do that. Well, okay, well, then you want a law. Right, exactly. Uh, I don't want somebody killing my family. Well, you want a law. Mm -hmm. You just want to make the rules up. Yeah. Right? And then Christians will say, well, I believe in the 10 commandments, but I forget the, the fifth commandment. <laughs> keep the Sabbath. Right. We, 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 come, we keep the, the nine, but we break the 10 all Everybody the time. Everybody blows that one. Yeah, okay. So, so the point is, there is a law. And I, I just want to make this point. The Jews obeyed the law in the Old Testament for life and liberty and freedom. And I think for Christians, we don't obey the law because we're yeah. trying to earn a blessing from God. We, we, we obey the law today as Christians because that's where life is. That's where yeah. freedom is. That's where yeah. intimacy mm -hmm. is. That's where joy is, satisfaction. Well, and didn't you used to say a long time ago, God prohibits to protect. Yeah. So if there's something that he is telling you not to do, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It is for your protection. Right. Yeah. And that's what people look at the law as restrictions and not protection. Yeah. yeah. They mm. got to change their perspective. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it makes me think of 18, 20 years ago when I was a believer living like a lost person. And I remember the guilt and the shame and the weight that I carried around every single day because I was not, I was living outside of mm. the way God had designed me to live. Mm. Yeah. And when I, you know, reconnected with my faith and, and really took my faith with Jesus serious, the freedom that I felt, I thought, hey, I can do whatever I want. And that's where freedom was, but that was actually bondage. Yes. Wow. And I found freedom inside right. of living the way God that's has right. called us to live. Yeah, let me tell you something about addiction because I've thought about addiction recently with my 20-year uh, sobriety this uh, earlier this year. Here's how addiction works and for those who are who experienced it or, or in it right now. You think when you enter into an addiction of any kind, it could be a porn addiction or drug addiction or alcohol, you think I'm gonna drink this beer to give me freedom. It's, right. gonna, it's gonna allow me to be the person I was, it's gonna give me the freedom to express myself. And maybe at first there's this false sense of that. Mm -hmm. But talk to any alcoholic, talk to any drug addict today. The very thing they thought would bring freedom actually has created a prison cell of bondage in their life because right. Every day of their life, they wake up and they have to they have to reorient their life around wow. a beer bottle, oh, yeah. around a mixed drink, around a drug, around a, a look at a phone, or yeah. a, a, a break yeah. at the office. Your whole life has to be reoriented in similar to to a prison sentence for the rest of your life. So, what we think brings freedom, God's mm -hmm. saying, no, that's actually Insulated. bondage. Yeah. Mm.
Wow. All right, Pastor, give us one last thought. Tie a bow on this. Next week, we're going to talk about the dreams of Joseph in the New Testament. Watch okay. this. That is reminiscent, a remez, a kesher, to the dreams of another Joseph in the Old Testament. Okay. Well, I'm excited about that. Well, uh, Candy, thank you, as always, for keeping us in line here, as people like to tell me. Uh, that you do a great job of here on the podcast, and we hope the you rose eat. between two thorns. I know what. Yeah. I don't, anyways, I'm not going to say what you said last time. That <laughs> oh came out, no! But, okay. <laughs> which we did not edit out. Okay. Anyways, oh, no. so we hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, there are discussion guides that go along with each episode as well. So yes. all you got to do is check the show notes. It's a great place for you to have discussion with your friends as you guys are listening to this podcast together, diving in a little bit deeper. And don't forget to uh, connect with us on social media at The Forgotten Jesus. We'd love to hear your questions. All right, thank you for uh, consuming this episode, and we'll see you on